Hey friends, Pastor Michael from Organic Church here with Sydney Erickson, Pastor Holly Daisy, Pastor Roger Deardorff. We're missing Nick tonight. He's not feeling well, so we're gonna do this topic in honor of on, in honor of Nick. We'll try. Yeah, he's gonna be disappointed that he's not here. When he hears this mm-hmm. episode, he's gonna be disappointed. It was one that he picked. Roger, don't touch that. You're making it make noise. Don't touch it. Don't. Don't. Check check. He's like, I'm touching it. He's like a child. I was going to say, it's like having a child. I won't touch it. I touched the boat. (laughs) I touched the boat. (laughs) It's starting already. It is. I was going to say, down the rabbit hole, right off the rip. Okay, here's the question. Do you think that war is sinful and why? I don't think it's really sinful, but, you know, sometimes it's necessary. Okay. Because you can't get your point across. It's like... (laughs) It's like having a, having a child. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you gotta get their attention. This is not a parenting podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say CPS will show up at your house, so yeah, don't hate good, your kid. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I don't have any kids at home <laughs> anymore. Anymore. <laughs> His are all grown up and moved away. They're like not not living with him anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a lot happier. Okay, so here's my opinion, my take, just it is what it is. I think that in times, so we know that not all war can be sinful because God called war into action. He would send people into war. Um, I think specifically about David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. God sent David there to slay the giant. That was would not have been considered sinful. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it was ordained by God. Now, I think the problem with that is that we can go to war anytime we want and say, well, God said, right. yeah. which I think leads us to a much bigger topic, which I'm sure we'll end up in at some point this evening. But so I, nature of the question, not all war can be considered sinful. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Biblically, we know that, that war was Old Testament. There were a lot of wars that God yeah. sent people into. Uh-huh. A lot of battles. Mm-hmm. People were yeah. killed. They were impaled on poles. They were, you know, yeah. like all of these things had happened. So I, I, by nature, war is not sinful. Right. Because like Pastor Roger said. Sometimes you got to hit your kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, you know, sometimes there has to be a war for there to become a balance. Completely agreed. Yeah. And if, you know, if if we can't come, it's in anything. Even in relationship, if you can't come to a common ground, then there's going to be a fight or a war or mm-hmm. as anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the reason I got married on December 7th. Pearl Harbor Day? Yeah. You figured it was no, fitting I, for the war that your wedding was or your marriage yeah, was going to be? I figured <laughs> that's when Linda. the war started. So I'm hoping she ain't listening Linda. to this one. You know, he normally says nice things about his wife on the podcast. Yeah. She must not be listening anymore because yeah, she, that was brave. <laughs> Oh, she knows. <laughs> That's not the first time I've told her that. No, I so, but in in kind of what? Yes, it brings balance. I think that, mm-hmm. and it like war. We use the word and we think of gunfire and mm-hmm. tanks and blowing things up and all of those things. But 
like you said, you bring that back a notch, bring that back a step. And sometimes it's battles internally, even, Mm -hmm. you know, we fight wars inside of ourselves. We fight spiritual warfare, all of those things. And I think that's going to get really interesting because we talk about war, generally speaking, we think about physical war. We don't even get into like spiritual warfare, Mm -hmm. right? That's a whole nother level of warfare. Even the, the internal struggles that we have as a whole Mm -hmm. another separate fun conversation well even today i was reminded by the holy spirit that you know we don't fight against flesh and blood spirits of principalities Mm -hmm. and you know we have to set ourselves apart and not be able to to see that it's the person that it's the enemy behind that Mm -hmm. stirring up the ruckus and making the problems and yeah and you know god's word says that we are peacemakers and so in in certain i am a peacemaker so is my husband you know, I, it's just the way it is. That's good for you, though. Like, I'm not a peacemaker. I like to kick the door in and set stuff ablaze. Like, I mm-hmm. I like to shake things up. I like, if I see a problem, I like to confront it. Now, you could say I like to start wars every once in a while. <laughs> and it's not, it's not to start. I, sometimes I feel like if you don't start the war, if you don't have the conversation, that's, you don't resolve that's what the problem. I was going to say. Like, yeah. you know, resolved. yeah, mm-hmm. like even the relationship thing. Like, you know, something needs to be said. You know, it's going to be a war, but mm-hmm. if you don't say it, nothing's going to change. Yeah. So you have to say it, and you know it's going to cause a war, but like but sometimes the, you have to. The resolution will yeah. be worth it. Yeah. Ooh. But God's word tells us that the truth will, will set, set us, us free. free. Yes. Yeah. And so whenever we harbor all that in our heart, we're only putting baggage on us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Instead of allowing a freedom to flow. Yeah. I am, um, you know, I don't I don't like confrontation. I'd run a million miles away from mm-hmm. it. Not me. But me too. I know that God has placed a breaker's anointing upon me and he puts me uh, right. <laughs> Right, right into the battlefield. Oh Listen, my gosh. I can't. The number of stories we could tell. Holly walks out of the prayer room on a Sunday morning right into the middle of an argument or right into like a, like somebody says something to her that's very confrontational. And I always just chuckle and keep walking. <laughs> no, she really does. She finds herself in those places a lot. So whenever we talk about it, she's always like, I don't know why. Well, because they know that she knows, this, you know, the truth sets everyone yep. free and yep. has that advice well, and a lot of the time when she calls that stuff out in the prayer mm-hmm. room and everybody's like no i'm good no i'm good that wasn't me that wasn't me until they hit the other side of the doorway until and then all of a sudden prayer is done and they got to the talk about it yeah back. they got to talk about mm-hmm. it so yeah. yeah so yeah you know it i prayed and prayed and prayed to have a breaker anointing mm-hmm. not knowing not knowing what, <laughs> what getting. that meant and then when i got it i was like oh you're kidding me god but you, you're right. It puts you right in the middle of the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to stick with it, pray with it, and believe that it's going to be a breakthrough. Because right. a breakthrough is hard. Because God's got to tear down all that garbage that built up that wall. Mm-hmm. Then that, bre- that wall has to tumble. And then you step into the beautiful. But that breaking, transitioning part, very hard. Yeah. Well, think about... All of the wars that we've fought in our country, this is where Nick would be helpful mm-hmm. because, yeah, you yeah. know, he could probably name Can we phone a friend? all of them. And we should have just phoned him in and just I plugged know. him in somehow. Yeah. We should have. I don't know how, I don't know if he would have been able to hear us though. And he's I, sick. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe he didn't want to hear us. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. And I don't blame him for that. Um, but if you think about all of the wars that we fought for, a lot of we thought a lot of them was a lot of those wars were for freedom, mm-hmm. not just for ourselves, but for other countries. You know, it's this is a fun fact. Or at least I've always thought it was fun. Um, you know, all of the wars that we have fought, we have won. Mm-hmm. We didn't win in Vietnam. But that was a conflict that was never considered yeah, a war. Considered Do you know why it wasn't considered a war? Because we didn't win. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we didn't want to be losers, so right. we just called it a conflict. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if we've been in a war, we've walked away victorious. And history is always written from the side of the winner, right? So I was yeah. talking to somebody about um, the Korean War, mm-hmm. and the person happened to be of Korean descent, and they it was – it's not funny, but it is funny. They call it the American War. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's the <laughs> Korean War. And they said, no, we call it the, the American, American War. I never thought of that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about warfare, we if you're victorious, no, it's not sinful. Mm-hmm. But if you lose, well, the, they, they didn't play fair and they yeah. were doing this and they were doing that. And I think about like the atomic bomb. This is where I start to think, okay, maybe we're crossing the line. Mm-hmm. Because I don't believe that God has called any of us – into starting wars at this point in our yeah in the mm-hmm. world right I don't think the president or Congress is is praying and asking God whether or not they should go to war with these countries I think we lost that a long time yeah. ago I think now we're just making decisions based on who's going to have more power mm-hmm. right and so we start a war and you we can even run this into um, Israel and Hamas right now do you know yeah like there there are things that are happening that are not good not healthy not okay things happening not needed right when Mm -hmm. we decided to drop that atomic bomb was that was it necessary to win the war maybe but so much came from that after after the fact that if you don't do the right thing and we have spent billions of dollars Mm -hmm. helping to rebuild Mm -hmm. and to clean up all of that all of those sites where where all that nuclear waste was at it just are to me if we're not seeking God's face before we start a war, it could be very oh, yeah. quickly could be considered sinful. sinful. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe <laughs> this is, the, and again, it gets sticky. Mm-hmm. Will the soldiers who have fought in that war be held accountable for that? No, no. They're doing they're, what they're told. Right. But the people who call that war into action, mm-hmm. it's not going to end well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when pretty, especially when you're asking for things to be done that aren't, meant to glorify God. You're right. We're not worried about glorifying God in this. We're worried about having more land or Mm -hmm. can we get cheaper oil prices or, you know what I mean? And listen, I used to be a warmonger. I was like, nah, just turn it into a litter box. Just send over some planes. Let's blow it up. Let's just take it all. It's all ours. And now I think about it. Do you realize how many innocent people get caught in that? Right. When you look at, um, mm -hmm. what's that other one? Ukraine. Yeah. Like they, Mm-hmm. Those people, you see those those pictures of those people, mm-hmm. they have nowhere to go. Yep. They're mm-hmm. stuck in these war-torn cities and the streets, you can't ride, you can't drive a car because mm-hmm. everything's rubble and they're living like that for, it's, they're not going to rebuild that over the weekend. No, no. You know, it's going to take a long time for that to recover yeah. and those people are stuck there. Well, you said that, uh, will they be held accountable? I believe that. We are accountable for everything, Mm -hmm. you know, good or bad. It's all going to be had before God. Yep. And we're all going to stand in a place of accountability for what we've said and done and actions. And 
and that um, those are our leaders. If they're not seeking God's face, then they are going to be standing in a bad position yeah. mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. So we have – the world has come a long way since Revolutionary War, Civil mm-hmm. War. You know, we, we have lots of rules of engagement, for yeah. lack of a better term. I wish Nick were here for this because this is the stuff – again, this is the mm-hmm. stuff that he knows about. We've adapted or adopted these rules of engagement. So we won't do this if you don't do that. Yeah. If we call a ceasefire, nobody will do this unless this happens. And they have all of these rules of engagement. But what's hard to understand is that the enemy typically doesn't fight fair. Mm-hmm. So, like when we were in Vietnam, that wasn't like mm-hmm. normal warfare. Mm-hmm. They were using no as guerrilla warfare, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so there was no like none of those rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. But but if you if you look back on the Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. they oh when they you know they they started to to do it the way. It was supposed to be the, they had, you know, uh, I guess you would call it honor. Yes. But then you get, you know, the frontiersmen yeah. that well were used to fighting the Indians. Yeah. They they started fighting the way the Indians did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, hiding, shooting, running. They were hiding, used to shooting, running. They were used to standing shoulder to shoulder behind a drum and marching to battle. Ready, That's aim, fire, thing. reload. Ready, aim, yeah. fire, reload. And if the guy beside you dropped, you just shoulder to shoulder with the next guy and kept walking but you know that they had to do that because of their uh artillery yeah that you know uh a smooth bore musket uh you shoot the ball at, at 15 20 30 yards if you're aiming at a target it may run off another 15 or 20 feet to the right or to the left or and there was but the frontiersmen had rifled rifles mm-hmm. yeah which were uh a lot more accurate so that's why you know they wanted to have the frontiersmen kind of like do basically guerrilla warfare yeah and that's what i was going to say so again written from the side of the winner mm-hmm. that wasn't a big deal like yeah. that we did what it took to win the war but it, and but it, but it wasn't but then you know it it wasn't it wasn't fair. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. But from what we won. So from our side, well, we had to do what we had to do. But then you go to Vietnam and they were doing that to us. They, and now it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So that's my point. I think we we get wrapped up in the in the technicalities of what warfare looks like yeah. and the yeah. rules of engagement. But we we forget about death. Murder is sinful. By nature, murder is sinful. The Bible tells us that that it is. The problem is. When you go to war, if we say that this is a necessary thing and God has called this to be, mm-hmm. then that's where you're starting to split hairs. So, yeah. And you can start talking about, and we've had some of these conversations before people who have murdered people who are on death row and mm-hmm. they've accepted Christ. Like, what does that mean for them? Right. Yep. Because like for you, eternity, you yes. and I don't want to understand that. Mm-hmm. We don't want to believe that they get to get into the same heaven right. we get into. Mm-hmm. You know, they've killed. Children and they've, you know, murdered their spouses and eaten people Mm -hmm. and all of these weird things. And we don't want them in heaven with us. But they serve the same God that we serve. Mm -hmm. They've asked for forgiveness. And guess what? Mm -hmm. They get it too. Yeah. 
We just don't like it. Crazy to think about. <laughs> God's grace. Yeah, but yeah. we don't like that. Mm-hmm. No. So I think the same thing when we talk about warfare. So we are not very far into this. We are 15 minutes in, and we've got probably not a whole lot more on this conversation <laughs> to cover because Nick's not here to drive us, but that's okay. I want to talk about uh, Israel and Hamas real quick. Now, I am not like I'm not a news guy. I don't watch it. I don't mm-hmm. read the news a whole lot. So I know enough to be dangerous, but enough to also sound really stupid. So mm-hmm. if I'm saying something wrong, just give me grace, umbrella of grace. Okay. Here's what I understand to have happened. At some point, the um, Gaza Strip was supposed to be a a, a Palestinian country. Mm-hmm. That was the was was what the agreement was going to be under Bill Clinton. Okay, somehow Hamas got in and ended up just ransacking the place and just turned it into a total mess. Okay, fast forward, they come into Israel and they steal over two hundred people, mm-hmm. like live people. And take well, them yeah, back well, as hostages. You wouldn't want to take dead people. Yeah, well, now that's just that's no reason to carry them. Unless there was, yeah, no reason mind. to carry them. Never mind. <laughs> uh, and so Israel says, "Nope, we're not going to play that game anymore." And they just go in and they just start leveling the place. Mm-hmm. Now, I get it because they have Hamas has dug underground tunnels under this the entire strip. There are little pockets of mm-hmm. underground tunnels everywhere, and they know that Hamas is hiding in those tunnels. Yeah. The only way to eradicate them is to demolish the tunnels, right? So they're just bombing stuff. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is they're bombing hospitals. Right. They're bombing, you know, cities where there are civilians living. Normal. Right. Like this isn't necessarily yes. war-torn Civil, place. But civilization. Like, go back to my original statement of just level it. Like we'll solve yeah, the problem yeah. if we just level it. Because when you go into humanitarian mode and you say, okay, we're going to give you a warning to escape mm-hmm. before the war happens, Hamas leaves with those people, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're out. And then in six, eight, 10, 12 months, here they come again. Yeah. And we're back at Doing it again. The same thing. So I like I can see it from both sides. It doesn't feel good to say that, just so we're right. clear. Mm-hmm. But I think if we're thinking logically about it, there is logic behind the reason for war. I'm not saying it's okay to kill women and children and all of those things, but I understand what's happening. I yeah. get it. Where it becomes hard is when we aren't allowing enough aid in to save those, yes. to help those who need that help. So right. that's when I start to question the real drive behind what it is that they're doing, because mm-hmm. we have the ability now, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We can drop food. We can drop toiletries, mm-hmm. all of those things to those people without ever being on the ground. But we're not doing that right now. We're driving in trucks mm-hmm. and I mean, they need fuel. They don't have, they can't even, they have no electric. They have no water. They've got nothing at this point. And I think that that's where we start to get a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Are, are we doing this? So that the the world is safe, or are we doing this because we want a, a piece of land, or we want to look good, right? In the upper hand, yeah. Like, and I'm again, I don't I don't know enough about it to say where yeah. I don't even know where we're at today mm-hmm. with all of this. But isn't it interesting that the war in Ukraine is still being fought, but nobody's talking about that anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Well, just like you know, even when my brother-in-law or, you know, I had another friend that was serving, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan, but then I had other friends that were, you know, in Japan, but like, we didn't, we weren't supposed, not that we weren't supposed to know about it. Like he was allowed to tell us, but he couldn't tell us what he was doing there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, all right, all our focus is on this, but what's going on here too. Yeah. It's, 
I don't know. I do know that in um, God's Bible, it says... In God's Bible? In God's Bible. (laughs) That was the weirdest way you've ever said that. (laughs) Ephesians 3, 8. There is a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Mm -hmm. And so if God's word says that, then that is where we are. Yeah. And, you know, whether we like it or not... God's bringing a shift of some sort, and I'm sure it's all for the better of man. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, hope that everything that is happening as far as war is considered in the world, that the leaders of those countries, and I don't just mean like like for us it would be our president. I don't just mean that figurehead. Yeah. I mean the, the country as a whole is prayerfully considering what that means. Right. And, you know, some of them are, are not Christians or maybe not majority Christians, so they're likely not. Mm-hmm. But the Christian countries that they're praying that that God's perfect will be done and that all of those things be done for his glory. Because if they're not doing that, again, we get into that dangerous spot where we're just killing women and children and, you know, in with vain. It, right, just because we have our own selfish desires. Mm-hmm. I, I don't ever want the world to be in that place. Now, you know, we're in the Christmas season and we say peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Well, I think goodwill toward men has been gone for a long time and, you know, we can pray for that, but yeah, I'm not hopeful we're going to see that until the second coming of Christ mm-hmm. because the world that we live in is very divided. Well, the oh, word yeah. says that a, a time will come where man's conscience will be seared. And when the conscience is seared, that is when the Holy Spirit is not operating in that person's life. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to happen when the world comes to the end. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's going to be lifted up off this earth, and people have no idea what they will live without the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I think is happening. You can see it. People killing people, killing mm-hmm. children. Yeah. Just horrible, yep. horrific mm-hmm. things you, because there's no conscience. Yeah. You know? You know, do whatever you want and don't even think about it again. Mm-hmm. How can that be? I mean, like, we can even see that from in the generation behind me. Like, the not you guys. Mm-hmm. That one in the middle there. They are very seared in their conscience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very. Yes. Very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the things they say, their attitudes, their dispositions. You know, they're just looking for war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, so... And again, just it was the way I was raised. So I'm just, I have always been an incredibly honest person. So growing up, I may have seen four black people my mm-hmm. entire life. Like there just weren't many of mm-hmm. them, right? In our community, yeah. in, our, in our community. It's a very small community. Mm-hmm. There weren't many. And so when I would see somebody who was different, we would tend to stare, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. not that I didn't like them, not just, that I was like, uh, what's going on? And, something new. Right. And yeah. people are still like that with people who have physical disabilities mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, that was normal growing up. And now I'm at a point in my life where I look at that and I'm like, that was the dumbest thing I could have ever done was to just stare and not mm-hmm. speak. I saw um, my kids like we ingrained that in my kids. If you see somebody who's different than you say, hi, what's yeah. your name? Like mm-hmm. introduce yeah. yourself because they don't want to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You don't need to. You're making them un- uncomfortable mm-hmm. by staring. Yeah, that's. My, I don't know if I've said that before, but my aunt with Kinsey, yeah. with her physical disability, yeah. like they'll be in an airport or Disney World, I think is what she was saying. And she's like, 
it's just, you know, we're trying to enjoy this time at Disney World and everybody is staring at her leg. Yep. And she's like, I just want to say to them, like, come up and talk to us. Like, hi, what's your name? What is this yeah. brace that you have on? Yeah. Like, I understand, like, you know, growing up, people just used to say, don't stare, that's rude, don't stare. Yes. But you whispering, don't stare, that's rude. Is even more like, rude. Like, that's yeah. even more rude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I remember... When we were, Aaron was very little. Aaron was very, very little. So, like, don't judge him for this. I mean, he was a toddler. He, we lived in Newark at the time, mm-hmm. and we had picked him up, and we were headed to Newark. And I stopped at the Speedway in Newcomerstown. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we ran in. We had to use the restroom, and we grabbed drinks, and we were going back to the car. And there was a little person in there, and Aaron goes, "Dad, that little boy has a beard." Oh, yeah. And the guy heard him. Yeah. yeah, he didn't say anything. He didn't like. He didn't act upset. And I said, "Aaron, that's not nice." I said, "He's he's not a little boy. He's a man." Yeah, and uh, and I was like, I scolded him, mm-hmm. and Aaron goes, "I wasn't being mean. I just wanted to play with him, like because he didn't know." He didn't know. So the thing is, yeah. what I was going to say is, us adults make that stuff uncomfortable. Yes, like yes. the kids wouldn't even notice yeah. for the most right. part. Yep, they might stare for a second and think like. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? But eventually, they're going to go play and have a conversation right. just like they always would. Right, and, yeah. Like, it, he just happened to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, for me. He said it out loud so it could make everybody uncomfortable. But, yeah. Um, I was thinking about Revelations as well. And so it says, uh, wars and rumors of wars in Matthew 24, 6. <clears throat> it says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so we know that those are all, all of those things are going to happen. They're signs of the end times. And I tell you guys all the time, stop looking for the signs, start listening for the trumpet. We know we're living in it, yeah. right? right? And even if it's not for another hundred years, we're getting close. Yeah. We get closer every day. Mm-hmm. So war is going to happen. It's not like it's not going to happen. Does that answer the question whether or not it's sinful? No, it doesn't. No. But it says that it's going to happen. So if the Bible is telling us it's going to happen, be prepared, be prepared for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's another just part of the conversation that when we talk about sinful things, I, so my wife and I have had a lot of just really difficult conversations in the past couple of days. And I sent her a text yesterday from work and I said, Hey, I want to talk to you about something when I get home. I just need you to prepare your heart. And I told her what I was going to talk about. And it's funny when you say that to somebody, how much more prepared for the conversation that they are when you get there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I said, here's the base of what we're going to talk about. And I want you to really be mindful of your emotion right. and, mm-hmm. and how this is going to feel when we talk about it. Yeah. And we were able to have a productive conversation about it. I think we fail to do that with other people when, oh, we, yeah. when we disagree. Mm-hmm. And so – one of my terms is umbrella of grace. Like, right. I'm going to say something that you might not like, mm-hmm. so I need you to give me grace. Yeah. I need you to say, okay, while I don't like that, I understand that that's your opinion or that's your perspective and that's where you're coming from. And if we have the umbrella of grace and we can be that way with other people, it's so much easier mm-hmm. to have hard conversation. And this is one of those conversations where some people are going to say, well, you don't support Israel. That's not true. I mm-hmm. 100% support Israel. I just don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. I would think that I would would think that there has got to be a way to get food and water to these people Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't be killing innocent people. I I, I've never been in war. I've never had to wage war. Mm -hmm. I've been in a fight one time in my life. I lost badly. So I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So I'm not saying that I, I 
don't agree with it. I'm just saying I feel like we could do better. Mm-hmm. But I would say that about a lot of things that would really make oh, yeah. people's toes curl. Oh, yeah. I think life in general, we could do better. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think so, too. I think wiring fixtures in this church, we could do we better. Could do better. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we had my ultrasound today and, you know, she had like a... Still a human? It's still a human. Perfect. Yep. Still a boy. <laughs> still only one. <laughs> the other one's hiding behind the boy. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. But uh, she had a um, student in there that was, you know, an ultrasound tech and was I'm like, yeah, that's fine. She can stay in here. And just, she's like, I'm going to talk, you know, talk shop now and was talking to her about things. And she's like, most of the time we'll get some of these referrals that thinks it's a, I don't even know what it was, but really it's not because you just have to look at it at a different angle. And I'm like, it's honestly crazy. Like that's how the dental field was for me. That's how Chase's plumbing is. Like, it's just another different point of view, Mm -hmm. but it's like, we all came from the same learning aspect and like, we just have to do better. Like yep. <clears throat> she has the same degree as that other office. Like, why didn't they think to just look at it at a different yeah. angle? Because they're not wanting to do better. Right. Like they're just in and out, in and out. And that's how every aspect of life is. I feel. So it's super easy to look at something and say, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. It's really, really easy like, to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I have, um, uh, I, do you guys know? I know Roger knows this story. Uh, I had a wily coyote fall a long while, not a while back. It's just been a couple of years. That's been since I've been pastoring here. But I have a friend who lives in the Newark area and they were moving and I'm the bed assembler. Like I can assemble bunk beds without instructions. You hand me a pile of screws and I'll put the bed together for you. I don't know how I do it, but it's all up there in my brain somewhere. I see the blueprints, I guess. <clears throat> And they were at the new house, and I was at the old house, and I was zipping apart a metal bunk bed from Ikea. Have you ever assembled oh. Ikea furniture? No, but I don't want to. I've yeah. heard I've Typically, heard it ends up in the dumpster. Yeah. Um, but I'm standing on the wire portion of the bed at the top, and I'm look, like trying to find all of the bolts that have to come out. And I zip out one of the bolts, and sure enough, the whole bed falls apart <laughs> while I'm standing on it. Yep. I go to the floor, smash my shoulder, hit my head off the floor whole situation okay like i'm crawling to my phone to call Alyssa because i thought for sure i was gonna die i like seeing stars the whole bit and i remember it as if like i held up that little yikes sign my body dropped my head stayed and then my head caught up with my body like that's how it felt like a cartoon and uh that night i was like and i i knew i had hurt myself i knew i had hurt my shoulder Mm -hmm. i knew i had hurt my neck like i knew that i was going to pay for that later. But I didn't, I wasn't super worried about it. So I drove home that night and I missed my exit mm-hmm. and I kept driving and I drove for almost 30 minutes in the wrong direction. And I had no idea I had done it. <laughs> and I realized that I didn't know where I was and I panicked oh. and I started to cry and I called Alyssa and she didn't answer. And I called my mom and my mom answered and she's like, well, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. Like there was, it's highway. I don't yeah. see any signs. I have no idea. Yeah. I ended up in Belmont. I was going to ask, did you do not get off a of 70? Yes. Yeah, so I've done that end, before. Ended, like, up, crap. ended up in Belmont. And so they had to give me, like my mom talked me through getting back on mm-hmm. the like interstate so, so that I could get home. So Alyssa was obviously worried because I, I mean, that was, a, it was a, it wasn't a high fall, but the way that I landed, the bed caught my leg and it flipped me upside down. And that's, I, so I hit my yeah. head before I hit anything else. Um, so went to the doctor, they did a CAT scan which is awful, by the way. They put that little thing around your head and make you lay there and listen to weird music while they take all the 
pictures here. Uh. Yeah, it was my brain had a photo shoot. <laughs> and so I had to go to a um, leadership retreat and I was gone at the retreat. While I was there, I got a call from my doctor's office and it was Friday afternoon. I'm talking like 3.30 in the afternoon and they say, hey, uh, so we got your cat, cat scan back. We looked at it. There are some black spots on your brain and we're a little bit concerned. So mm-hmm. we want to send you to a specialist. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And she's yeah. like, well, we want to send you to the specialist. Like we definitely want you to have it looked at. So now I'm panicked, mm-hmm. like having a meltdown. I'm not going to call my wife and tell her because I'm not home. Yeah. So now I have to live with this. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So get home, tell my wife, I am like freaking losing my mind. I get into the specialist and the lady says to me, did you used to smoke? And I said, yes. And she goes, oh, that's perfectly normal with somebody who's smoked mm-hmm. in the past. Oh my goodness. Wow. Are you kidding me? I was like 12 days of mm-hmm. absolute panic. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this is not a joke. Waste this, of time, this, stress, and money. This is not a joke. <laughs> I had, at that point, I had told my wife, I said, if something happens to me, cremate me, yeah. save as much money as you can. Like, don't, yeah. like, she was talking about, like, she was going to, if if something happened to me, they were going to fly me to Washington State and spread my, my mm-hmm. ashes in the water with the orcas. Like, think about that. Like talking for about 12 days, mm-hmm. we were like, I'm going to die. This is it. I'm dead. Like something I've messed up my brain. My spinal cord's not attached anymore. Like, like mm-hmm. all of these like crazy panics that we were having. Yeah. And it's all because they didn't want to mm-hmm. like go the extra mile. And, it, and maybe they couldn't. I don't know. But right. my point was, was like, I didn't, that doctor didn't do anything other than look at that thing and go, oh, this is absolutely yeah. 100% and, normal. And I mean, I get like you know, wanting to just check just in case, but they should have said like, Hey, just precaution. I just want a second opinion. Maybe not like, well, this, this isn't looking good. I think you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what I heard. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. So the long and short of it is that sometimes we just, we want to like, this can't be my problem because I don't have the answer. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be somebody else's problem. Mm hmm. Um, and I'm always thankful for a second opinion and to yeah, be able to not, to yeah. be healthy, like from a health right, standpoint. Right. But I think a lot of times as Christians, we will dump off other people's problems or yes. other countries' problems mm-hmm. or things that don't necessarily pertain to us daily. Acting like, yeah, like yeah. that it's not important. I don't need anymore. to worry about that. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to pray for the other pastors in the area mm-hmm. because they're not my problem. Well, if I'm not, who is? Right. Because mm-hmm. I can, and, and I tell you this with a fair amount of certainty. We don't have many people in our church praying for our pastors, mm-hmm. let alone others, other pastors, because yeah. they think that, well, they don't need prayers. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> they've got it figured out. They can pray for themselves. Yeah, but I'm busy praying for you. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's – so there's this trade-off, and I think a lot of times we just want to pass that off. And so I think we do the same thing when it comes to war. Mm-hmm. We look at the war in another country, and we say, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. I don't live there. You know, I don't think that – we ever, th- we never anticipate war Coming in our here. country. Yeah. Like, so when Pearl Harbor happened, we were shocked. Mm-hmm. When 9 11 happened, we were shocked. Because mm-hmm. that's the closest, I mean, other than the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Um, and the Civil and War. And the Civil War mm-hmm. that we have ever seen like warfare on our, on this, on like, our soil. <clears throat> after, well, wait, the Declaration of Independence, was that before or after the Civil War? 
that was before. That was before. Revolutionary War. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, they were kind of... So that's what I'm saying. Revolutionary War, Civil War. Other than that, it has been isolated attacks, really, mm-hmm. in the country. We haven't seen war. I'll pr- I, I don't want to say this. I don't want to speak this into existence. But I would guess that if we ever end up in another large war, we will see it here mm-hmm. because we're going to be public enemy number one because we have freedom that the world doesn't want oh, yeah. us to have. Right. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, do you think that... I mean, if, if China is persecuting people who read the bible do you think they want us reading the bible Mm-mm. like if they had the opportunity to stop that that's what they would do because mm-hmm. they don't want they don't want freedom yeah right they want people bound mm-hmm. they want people to hide from the truth because they don't want them to know the truth yeah well wasn't it said what at pearl harbor that they said i'm afraid we have a, awakened a sleeping giant mm-hmm. and see i to me by being an intercessor that just so something the enemy would say, mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we've messed with that person yeah. because now. Now yeah. we're in for it. Now we're yeah. in for it. Yep. But that's and so let's move to spiritual warfare conversation for just a second. So, you know, we have some Sunday mornings when we all get fired up, right? Like the spirit really starts to move and we all come alive for three hours. Yeah. And then we go home right. and we take a nap and. Mm-hmm. We eat turkey sandwich for lunch, and then we hang Christmas lights, mm-hmm. and then we get a shower a and go to bed and get up and go to work, and we've forgotten about that spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. So that giant, we come alive for three hours, and then it goes right back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And we will never win spiritual warfare if we're asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the 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 brides with their – the lamps and their oil and you know if you don't have oil in your lamp keep me burning yeah Mm -hmm. like you're yeah it's all darkness and so i think we so often forget that we need to make sure that there is always oil in the lamp and so Mm -hmm. when we come here and we light the lamp and we're we're burning we've got to keep filling it you can't just do it once and and hope that oil lasts forever right yeah yeah we got to keep the candle of the lord lit in us Mm -hmm. always yeah and I, i even as a pastor i think that that's hard think that you know because life happens right yeah. and yeah i always say this because maybe it's my life circumstance i don't know i'm bivocational i don't get mm-hmm. to be in the word yeah anytime during the day that i want to like mm-hmm. i have to be in meetings and do like worldly tasks mm-hmm. and i don't think a lot of pastors who are full-time pastors or retired from yeah. day jobs and things like that. I don't think they get that, Mm-mm. but I think they become complacent yes. in, in the freedom that they have to do those things. And they probably do it far less because mm-hmm. they're like, well, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I, I'll get it later this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause and you know, you have to like, I, sketch it's, that out. If, if I don't do mm-hmm. it when I've got time, guess what? You it's don't do it. Happen. I ain't going to do it. Right. You know what I mean? If I'm hanging Christmas lights, I was just telling Tina Newman here today. She was here today whenever I got here. I was telling her that um, my message this coming Sunday is going to be about King Herod. Mm-hmm. And I was asking her, I was like, what do you know about him? And I was just like picking her brain as to like, what were the parts about King Herod that she was able to just articulate mm-hmm. right off the cuff? And she was sharing some of those things with me. And like, she was my whole message. She already kind of, you could sense that, it was a very obvious question yeah. to her, but not everybody is that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what I mean? When they think of King Herod, they're like, who is that? Mm-hmm. Because they don't get in the word. They don't read. Right. They, unless unless you tell them 
specifically to oh, study and read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even then. They don't do it. Even then, when I ask on True. Sunday mornings, like, how many of you have read your Bible this week? And four people raise their hands. Yeah. It's embarrassing because mm-hmm. we're that's where we're supposed to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep talking about live in-person services midweek. I'm like, I'm afraid to do that because mm-hmm. I'm afraid nobody's going to show up because right. they don't have a desire to be in the Word. Why would they want to be in the house? Right, right. So. The only yeah. thing that I could say there is that they're not having to do nothing but come. Right, that's true. They yeah. don't have to participate. They don't yeah. have to study. They don't have to be in the Word. But is that helpful if you just show up? Well, I believe that a seed could be planted. Oh, sure. Yeah, but better to be here than I not think, to be. I think, though, what we experience, I'm not talking myself out of this, by the way. I'm just stating <laughs> that. What we, experience, sure. <laughs> what we experience is that people who are already seasoned show up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not the ones who need the seed planted. Mm-hmm. Like, you might You're get right. great revelation in, mm-hmm. in some pointed statement that i made yeah. but you're not the people who should be here aren't yeah. there i feel right. like it i i don't know i feel like it just would eventually turn into what this was before this was mm-hmm. you know um the same people showing up four yeah. or five up uh, basically us yep. and yeah the yeah. the people who were facilitating were those to, right yeah right yeah which is the group of people who are sitting in this podcast room. Pretty much. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. on the night that Nick taught, everybody else was here. On the mm-hmm. night that Sid taught, everybody else was here. Like that was yeah. just how we did it. But we were just teaching each other. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we have grown. Like oh, yeah. um, the congregation has yep. grown since then. So I think the could hard, be different. I think you know? the hard part for us is that, again, our church is not centrally located. Mm-hmm. Like we're not in town where like random people are just going to find us. Yeah. And furthermore, we actually have a lot of people who aren't from Yerkesville mm-hmm. att- who attend our church. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, Beth, you're from Janayton. Mm-hmm. I'm in Dover. Well, let's see. Out of us, what, five? Is there five of us in here? Yeah. <laughs> Two of us, right? Uh, in... Nick is in Yerkesville. Yeah, but, but I'm saying the five oh, of the us. Oh, the five of us in here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah. Out Two. Two out of five. So if we did that for the whole congregation, yeah. you know. Surely that number is mm-hmm. probably pretty low. I don't know who Shirley is, but that number is <laughs> probably pretty low. You know who Frank is, don't you? Frankly. Yeah, frankly. <laughs> Shirley and Frank say, alert! <laughs> that was... <laughs> that was before we got it's a, on. It's a pre-podcast joke that was really bad. Yep, yep. I can appreciate that. That was good. <laughs> that was quick wit, too. Uh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> That's her young mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and as I'm saying, how many is in here? Five? What? <laughs> I just like think that's pregnant. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You know, you can only use that excuse for nine months. That's, that's yeah. fine. I'll use it. No, because then after that, it's sleep deprivation. Yeah. So Then I think it's you mom can, brain. Yeah, you can hold on to that for a little Maybe bit. Maybe I'll just keep it forever. Yeah. Well, I've, I've just kept COVID brain forever. Yeah. I like live in this COVID fog all the time. I, I do. do too. It's bad. Yeah. I have to say, wait a minute. Like, oh, here we go. Sometimes I'll be looking at you and you're talking, and like I can feel the drool start to run down my chin as I'm like, "What are they talking about?" Like their lips are moving, but my brain is not processing. I don't understand. Like that fourth, the fourth time I had it, because I, you know, uh-huh. I was breeding the variants at one point. I was like, "I am COVID." Uh, um, <laughs> Walking billboard. Yeah. <laughs> The fourth time, but the fourth time that I had it, I like there was something about that one. I didn't feel sick, but like 
Well, and they said the strains, you know, got weaker. I felt like I could just walk into the wall. Like I couldn't figure (laughs) out how to get out of a room. I just like nothing would like it wouldn't it wouldn't click. But I didn't feel sick. It was just like the the mind fog. Yeah, like brain fog. I couldn't remember like normal stuff. Have you ever had those dreams where like you're trying to text somebody or call somebody, but you can't dial the right number? Mm. That was real life for like four weeks. Like I was like, I do that all the time. Okay, I (laughs) I need to call Alyssa. How do I do that? And I'm looking at my phone, like, and the problem is, is she's the first contact in my phone, but I couldn't, like, all you had to say is, hey, Siri. Yeah, no, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't process (laughs) even normal daily function. Yeah. And that was painful for Mm -hmm. a long time. And then I finally got past it. But I will tell you, too, I never regained my vocal strength or my lung capacity from either of those. I've heard the lung capacity. I've been working on both of those. Mm -hmm. Like, I will take as deep a breath as I can and hold it for as long as I can. Um, and then pass out. Um, that's how I fall asleep at night. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't need any help doing that. Then I that. start counting stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that was that was always a real struggle for yeah. me. And but even during those times, like that was, I would still have to get up and go. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't get to stop. And so mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we. I don't think a lot of people recognize that about the work that. That we right. do, and I think those some of those retired pastors look mm-hmm. at that, or some of those pastors who are full time pastors yeah. are like, "Well, I mean, I'm I'm at the church three days a week. We keep office hours, and I do home visits and nursing home ministry, mm-hmm. and yada yada yada. And that's wonderful. That's I wish. <laughs> that's almost like my um, brother in law. He sent something in our family chat, and it said, I think it was Theo Vaughn. He's like a comedian, but he was saying something about how women were born with milk and blah blah blah, so they were just naturally born to cook Mm -hmm. and i said also women are now working full-time jobs like men not being a housekeeper yeah so how are you to expect that they're supposed to do this full-time not all of them are like that yeah but yeah so Alyssa is a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. there's a very big distinction between that and a housewife yes yes she is a stay-at-home mom that means her primary responsibility is to make kids. sure that children stay alive all yep. day long, yep. right? Mm-hmm. A housewife can stay home and cook and clean and mm-hmm. do all of those things. And she always tells me I don't pay her for both. <laughs> so she keeps the kids alive. One or the other. You're getting one or the other. And we share the load on everything else. We right. do laundry. Yep. Like, Of mm-hmm. course, I take jeans and towels. Because those are the easy ones. Of course. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> allow me to fold the, kid, fold the kids' clothes because I don't do it right. Uh, maybe on purpose, maybe not. I don't know. I would say it's on purpose. N- no, actually, I can't tell like Easton and Emmett's clothes. Mm-hmm. Like they're about the same size. Yeah. So I just fold them up and put them in a stack and pick a stack. You know, let them figure it out. <laughs> I mean, just throw it all in Try one dress dresser. Drawer. See yeah. if they fit. Mm-hmm. Figure mm-hmm. it out. But um, you're right. If she were working a full time job, and she let me back up. What she does is very much so a yes, full-time job, yes. but it's not a full-time paid job. It's mm-hmm. not like she's going out of yeah. the house and working and bringing home a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But it's worth so much more mm-hmm. than anything that I'm doing. Yeah. And so, again, we lose focus on that, and mm-hmm. it becomes not my problem. Well, yeah. it's not my problem that you didn't get the laundry done. I have things that I have to mm-hmm. do, too. I've got a job. I have the church. I have yeah. whatever. So. But yeah, I guess I was saying that. I'm like, where did I just get that from? But because the pastors were saying, yes. you know, like, well, well, I'm here three times a week and this yeah. and that. You're, yeah, as you, Michael, you are working full-time yep. hours. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know what I love, though, in Proverbs 31, it says that our children, tr- children will 
rise up and call us blessed and our husbands will praise us. Yeah. And see, to me, that that is enough payday that I ever needed. Yeah. Because I was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. for a long time. And, you know, that's what I clung to. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I'm still clinging to it. It's one of the things that I, I – so Alyssa and I, we're not talking about war anymore, just so we're clear. And, yeah, I know. Spiritual uh, warfare. No, I this is yeah. spiritual warfare. Well, sometimes, sometimes being married can be war. No, yeah, I think this warfare. is spiritual warfare. You know, because there's so many biased opinions that think for sure. But I so, wish I'd yeah. be on the winning side once in a while. Uh, so there. Listen, Roger, Roger. I learned this. Strike two. No, I learned this, Roger. So listen, there's just two of us in the room. So this is just me okay. and you. Okay. So in every marriage, there are two people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's the one who's always right, and then there's the husband. Mm-hmm. That's right. You just play your role, okay? I do. Okay. So I did that 53 years ago, too. <laughs> my, I do. My wife, on December 7th. <laughs> my wife and I have always had conversations when we're not happy with one another. Uh-huh. If there's something that we're doing that, that we don't do well, we are very, like, mm-hmm. she's not as quick to tell me as I am to tell her. Mm-hmm. Like, she tends to bottle it up for a while, and then when she unloads, like, she really unloads. Yeah. Oh, I and wish she, I had that. She doesn't yell. She doesn't, she always does the, she does the classic, we need to talk. Yeah. Which makes me like, like, it's just like, because I know I'm about to get it. Yeah. And, it's very seldom that she ever says something that is mean or hurtful, but mm-hmm. my wife tends to be dismissive of my feelings because mm-hmm. I like I don't get to have a feeling about what she thinks. Yeah, like that's like she can. Right. Yeah. So, but and if I say to her, I understand your opinion, but you're dismissing how I feel, mm-hmm. and she will always apologize and we always come back to it. But I think that um Holly, what did you say right before that? Cuz my like covid brain. <laughs> covid brain. <laughs> she was saying like the blessed mom identifies um, as a stay at home mom. Oh, mm-hmm. that was it. So uh, Alyssa and I talk about everything. So every year in February, we try to take an anniversary trip. No kids, mm-hmm. just me and her. And we do that because she identifies as a mom. Yeah. That is her identity. She can't turn it off. She, but she is so much more than that, yes. especially to me. Yes. Like, she, if she hears, if she listens to this podcast right now, she will yell at me. I'm, I can't tell her that I find her attractive. That upsets her. Knock it off. That's usually what she mm-hmm. says to me because she doesn't feel like I'm allowed to see her that way because she's a mom. Like she's that's, mom. she identifies as mm-hmm. mom more than anything else mm-hmm. in the world. And if you were to take that away from her, like if we go on a trip mm-hmm. in our favorite rocket ship, zooming through the sky, <laughs> sorry. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, all of my little oh, Einstein man. fans. Einstein. Oh. <laughs> okay. So if we were to take a trip and she didn't hear from whoever has the kids for a whole day, she couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. She has to know how the kids are because that's, again, it's how she identifies. And that drives me nuts because I'm like, girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about them. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's. I think that's a motherly instinct. It though. absolutely is. Because whenever, um, you know, we went to Nashville a couple weeks ago, it was like a joint bachelor bachelorette thing. But like there were two moms there and they were calling 
I don't know, maybe three, four oh, times. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't care what my dogs are doing. As long as they're eating, they're yeah. fine. <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll live. But it's like, it you is know, very, they were checking in on It's them. very, very maternal. But mm-hmm. m- in most cases, not very paternal. Yeah. Like dads are like, yeah, we can go on vacation. Yeah. But I don't spend the same amount of time with my kids as she does, right? Mm-hmm. They were playing some game today and she was laying on the floor in the living room and they were covering her with a blanket. And I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> like, that just looks dumb. <laughs> But that's like for her, that's great quality time. And I'm like, can we build a puzzle or do something? Maybe can we build a fort with that blanket? Maybe a little more quiet and contained because y'all are being loud. (laughs) You just wanted to take a nap. That is true. Yeah, yeah. It's what I was trying to do whenever they were being loud. (laughs) Gosh, kids being kids, kids and wives being wives. Like she was just as bad. Um, But what I was saying is, is that. I we as men have to understand that that is part of her identity. Mm-hmm. It's who she is, and mm-hmm. so we have to not. We can't be. I like. I don't get upset when I see her on the phone with mm-hmm. whoever's watching the kids, yeah. or sending a text message, yeah. or FaceTiming with Easton, or well. And let's face it, she's like the the glue to your oh, family. Yeah. Like that is the reason why. If my wife ever decided to leave. <laughs> I'm just saying, if she ever decided to leave, and she didn't take the kids with her, <laughs> you'd commit suicide. No, 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 no. House no. would be burning down no, on day one. I was going to yeah. say, my mom and dad would have to quit their job and uh-huh. take these kids full uh-huh. time because they would not want yeah. to live with me uh-huh. because dad isn't fun. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I look like the fun guy, but I'm not a mushroom. <laughs> I am really boring, quite honestly. Like, I want to go home, mm-hmm. relax. Live in a quiet household. You <laughs> well, can't do that. Five children, you can't I'm... do that with five kids. It just <laughs> is not a thing. Yeah. It's really not a thing. Mm-mm. And so, like, I have to when I come home from work, I have to try to switch my brain into okay, That's chaos. Thirty here minutes. We go. Your drive home. You yep. gotta yep. change modes. I'm not good at that. I thought I used to be, but I'm not anymore. Chase was saying the other day because. Our dogs have just been following him around. They're going stir crazy. It's cold out now. And they're like, they just follow and follow. And he said, you know, I feel sometimes I feel like dad that's just sitting in the car like, oh, gosh, I got I got to go inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as I walk in the house, they're all going to be all over me. Is there any way I can just get 10 more minutes of peace and quiet? I used to like my sacred time was my morning time. Uh Like I would love I would love to get up in the morning, get a shower, make coffee, just like mm-hmm. make, make my way around the house and Slowly there was no pressure because it. it was always quiet everybody slept in and then Easton gets up <laughs> dude is up at five in the morning <laughs> if he sleeps to six I'm happy the, I'm excited the, when I was saying the dogs so Chase has been waking up in the middle of the night but can't go back to sleep so he's been going down you know to the couch and he said I know joke woke up and our little dog just woke up with him and jumped off mm-hmm. the couch and or off the bed and followed oh. him onto the couch. <laughs> yeah. So both of our dogs sleep in kennels at night. Mm-hmm. And Milo's kennel is an end stand in our living room. It's it's, it's yeah. a piece of furniture and it's just got a door on the front of it. And if he hears me go to the couch, which I do regularly because now Adeline likes to get in our bed and that's a whole thing. <laughs> She, she'll call me if she doesn't sleep in our bed. She'll call me at work. Daddy, I stayed in my own bed last night. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I got a good night's sleep right now. I know. I texted my wife this morning. I said, hey, ask sis if she stayed in her own bed. And she goes, oops, I didn't. That was her response. 
She, it's an accident. She it's tells an accident. me it's an accident. I, I'm walking. Yeah, I'm sleepwalking. Well, she really does. Like she doesn't like she's gets in bed dead asleep. Aww. She just climbs in. So and she'll sleep at the foot of the bed. She'll <laughs> sleep with her legs up at the top. She doesn't care as long as she's in the bed. But Milo, if he hears me go out to the couch, he'll start mm-hmm. wagging his tail and he's beating it off beating the metal it. part mm-hmm. of the cage. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god, you're waking up the whole house. Yeah. So yeah. when Holly was little, she was not allowed in the bed. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, De- definitely not allowed. So she would sneak in and, then and sleep on the couch and hold or- my toe <laughs> <laughs> every night. And my, I couldn't move my leg because she had my toe. <laughs> so now we've got Maxie. And guess where Max is? Uh, <laughs> right? He's allowed in bed. <laughs> Dog can sleep in bed, but your daughter couldn't. That's She's like, it ain't right, Mom. It just ain't right. <laughs> That's how there were five of us growing up. But Mal wasn't. She's 10 years um, between me and her. So I think at one point it was me, Shy, and Caitlin. So there's two years between me and Caitlin and then me and Shy. And... I think we weren't allowed in the bed, but mm-hmm. like it was a queen size bed, so one of us was on the side, like on the ground. Yeah. One was at the foot and yep. the other was on the left side. Adeline will do that on occasion too. You'll yeah. wake up and she'll pop up over the side of the bed because she's sleeping on the floor <laughs> next to the bed. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like she wakes up and she's at volume ten. Mm-hmm. Like she's laying flat and then all of a sudden she's standing straight up. Dad, I slept on the floor last night. Yeah. Dad, I know. can we have pancakes? Can you turn the volume down <laughs> just a little bit? Like, still trying to get my bearings. Oh. Kid, yeah. Kids are great. If you like that kind of thing. <laughs> they're like puppies. They're they, cute when they're little. Seriously, so try again. Try again. Yeah. Yeah. Try again. You're lying about kids. Try again. No, it. it's funny, too, when we, like, how how much we grow when we're after you have kids and you're trying to raise kids, like after my first two, I'm not going to lie. I was not dad of the year with the first two. <laughs> Still not quite dad of the year, but much better now than I was with them. It was more like go play, mm-hmm. give them their electronics or whatever to kind of keep them at bay. Not really so involved. Mm-hmm. My wife doesn't allow that anymore. <laughs> like I have to, we, yeah, I'm, tonight, we'll, tonight when we go home, there will be a board game on the table waiting mm-hmm. on me. Like we do a board game every Wednesday night. Um, Emmett and I build puzzles and like, just other things um but it's funny how you grow as you have kids and you learn and you mature like life's not all about you and sometimes you have to give up your own stuff in order to support and take care of those around you so yep that's the advantage of getting old what the kids move out yeah and then they they take care of you no (laughs) then then you can do whatever you want to do Uh, right Until then, you, until then, you get a dog, and then you. Uh-huh, that's. <laughs> yeah, then it's like raise, dogs are like raising kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we were talking about when we. I'm not allowed to say where we're going on vacation because if the kids hear this, they mm-hmm. would freak out. But we're going on vacation in February without the kids, and we we're talking like we have to board the dogs. We can't just leave them at home mm-hmm. anymore. With Lucy, we could yep. drop her off at my grandma's house because my grandma thinks Lucy's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But we can't do that with Milo. Mm-hmm. That's- so. When Shy Shy's got in Medina and she's got her Australian Shepherd, mm-hmm. like it's if she wants to come down here, she's gonna have to drive to Fairlawn, drop her off. Yep, thirty minutes away, then drive down here. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard. It is. Yep. Yeah, my uh, stepsister, they I think they went to Florida one year and they boarded the dogs, and I was like, why didn't you guys 
like because they spent so much money yeah i'm like we could have i mean yeah you would have had to drive here but they flew i'm like so then you could have just flew from akron canton yeah or driven to pittsburgh Mm -hmm. even at that point Mm -hmm. we um we're gonna use the same board and train that he went to for his initial training yeah so like He's gonna go, and while he's there, he they just put him, they just put him right back mm-hmm. in the class, and they just run him just like they would the other dogs while he's at while he's there being boarded, which hopefully maybe this time something will stick. <laughs> <laughs> it, Alyssa and I talk mm-hmm. about that all the time. He's actually a very smart dog. He chooses to be dumb. Yes, like he chooses when he's gonna listen and when he's not gonna mm-hmm. listen. So he wears a collar, a correction collar. So if you like, if I call his name, if I say Milo here, Milo, when you say his name. Mm-hmm. To him says action. Whatever they're saying to me, I need to do. Yeah. Right? Say Milo here, he knows to come and find you. You take that collar off of you, Milo here means nothing to that dog. <laughs> you put that collar on and you say Milo here, mm-hmm. he's there lickety split. He knows he's going to get zapped. Yeah. He yeah. Know, well, he knows. <laughs> My he friend's knows. dog went through the same. I don't think it was the same company or anything, mm-hmm. but same stuff. And if that, if the uh, collar's off, all bets are off. Yeah. Like he sometimes will put himself on place. And if you ever have a dog trained place is the best because he has a spot where he knows he's allowed to go and it's open air. So there's no, like he's not in his cage and he goes and lays there and he can interact with people, but he can't get up and he knows that. So place is like, it's a godsend. Sometimes he will put himself on place. He'll go there to lay down to relax and then he'll whine because he, he wants forgot. to get up, but he doesn't realize that you never put him there yeah, and that he yeah. can get up anytime he wants. <laughs> so he'll lay there and whimper. And I'm like, Milo, break. And he'll look at me like, am I really allowed to get up? <laughs> and then he finally, like, and then he, he gets what we call the zoomies and he starts just mm-hmm. bolting across the house. I'm like, oh my gosh, this dog is nuts. Place. <laughs> yeah, place. <laughs> never mind. Yeah. He is, he is a really smart dog. He's a good dog. And the kids, the part that I love about him is that the kids can lay on him, mm-hmm. play with him. And not, they don't, my kids don't get rough with him, but like he, he knows. Yeah. Like he, he likes to give me attitude when we're playing, bark at me if I don't throw his toy fast Mm -hmm. enough. And then he'll show me his teeth as if he's like, but he's like, I'm mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm vicious dog. And then I tell him easy and I put the toy in front of him and he opens his mouth and he just bites it with "Ah, his front teeth real uh easy and takes uh it out of my hand. Have you ever uh, fed him popcorn? It's quite, no. Oh gosh. They're. No. Zara doesn't know how to eat popcorn. Like she'll she'll have him in between her four front teeth and and then she's like, I don't know what and then she'll just like, I don't want that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the scene. <laughs> Dogs are fun. Uh-huh. Better than kids. If you're thinking about sometimes, having sometimes they listen better. If you're thinking about having kids, get a dog. Or a cat or a bunny. <laughs> chinchilla. I've had a chinchilla before. Don't get a rat. How about a snake? No. What? <laughs> You can't put yeah. a shot collar on kids. Yeah, yeah. CPS. Definitely CPS will get called. They will get called. You also can't put them in a cage when you leave. Yeah. That's that, is another, that is another no-no, according to the Job and Family Services yeah. website. The hamsters. <laughs> did we talk about the hamster thing? Where, um, I don't think we did. I don't know who I was talking to. But anyway, the hamsters, they will act like they're like tired or sleeping or dead, like when they're stressed out. So... 
if anyone saw a hamster that you thought was dead, it might not have actually been dead. <laughs> Didn't know that. Yeah. We had a rat yeah. for a short while. My kids thought this rat was cute. And everybody's like, oh, they make great pets. So I bought my kids this rat. Okay. Her name was Jasmine. She had this long, pink, pretty tail. And she was black and white. She was so soft and cuddly. And Aaron would carry her around on his shoulder. And at some point, she went absolutely insane. Okay. She stopped eating. She would sit in her cage and she would like wave back and forth like this and stare at you. And I'm like, it's like Mortal Kombat. Like she just like wants to fight. So one night Aiden yells, dad, the rat's out of the cage. And I'm like, dude, that rat is not out of the cage. Like it's too big to get out of its cage. And he's like, I'm telling you, the rat's out of the cage. They are wee little. I walk upstairs in the bedroom. I flip on the light. And sure enough, that rat's not in the cage. It wasn't eating. So it could get through the cracks. So it could get through the bars. Okay. It had chewed holes through their stuffed animals and built a nest in their (gasps) closet and it had that wasn't a one day deal that rat had to have been doing this for days and would go back Mm -hmm. into the cage Mm -hmm. in the morning so I was like all right, I gotta catch her so she's sitting under the bed doing this little back and forth thing and I'm like this rat's gonna bite me (laughs) sure enough yeah yeah so uh, I ended up putting her in a five gallon bucket and (laughs) took her for a ride took her to the farm (laughs) (laughs) She, um, (laughs) let's just say, let's just say (laughs) that I'm sure that she was pretty tasty. (laughs) The lady that ended up taking her said, do you, do you you care what I do with her? And I'm like, as long as she ain't in my house, she's like, she's like, okay, she's going to be pet food and they fed her to the snake. (laughs) Now that rat was every bit of a foot long. Like, I mean, it was a big rat. This thing was like with the tail. So it was a big rat. Imagine how big that snake had to be. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no rodents in my house anymore. Well, we had a hamster. His name was Gus Gus. Gus Gus. He was cute as Christmas. You would swear <laughs> he'd be in his, look like he needed a ball cap and a ball bat. <laughs> he was just cute. Gus Gus escaped. Oh, he ran his will all night. It sounded like he made oh, yeah. coffee. They're nocturnal. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just ran his will all night. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, guys, guys, quit making coffee. Yeah. So he escaped. Gone forever. Mm-hmm. One day, I'm in the shower. <laughs> and I see two little eyes. <laughs> I'm like, it's Gus, Gus. And I threw my wash rag. <laughs> 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 and we saved him. And uh, Dave got him back on the wheel, and he just made coffee. Aww. But he was adorable. I and, and then we had a girl one. She was, what was her name? Sophie. She was white with little pink eyes. <laughs> we just loved her. And then we had Gus Gus, Sophie. We had another one. Oh, my gosh. We had great big homes for Oh, my yeah. gosh. And mm-hmm, we had those, too. We, so we lived in, like, a Victorian home. This is very off topic. But... Uh, oh, this whole thing's yeah, off yeah. topic. Laundry shoots, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Devin, so Lexi's brother, mm-hmm. he's my cousin, and this is when Cindy was a stay-at-home mom, so she would, like, oh. watch him. <laughs> so, the shoot, you would throw the laundry in and mm-hmm. stuff, and it would go down to the basement. He threw that thing down the chute, but listen, we didn't know he was down there. Oh, no. Cindy was doing laundry. <laughs> She yeah, she washed him. I <laughs> she washed him. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, that is awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. My- Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I am the wash. 
front road washer. He's like up against the glass trying to. This is the best hamster we can <laughs> Oh, Lord. We had a similar situation. Um, the mother of my oldest two boys, she had a lot of hamsters. I had three or four, but when she got them, she thought they were both boys. And then it turned out the one was a boy and one was a girl. And pretty soon we, we had, had baby hamsters yeah. everywhere. And she had one. I don't remember what this hamster's name was. I hated them. I thought they were gross. They were rodents. And uh, it got out of its cage. But they also had a bunch of cats. So we're like, oh, he's dead for sure. Four or five weeks later, that thing is sitting on the basement steps, like peeking up past the door. And I'm I like, food. like, what the heck is going on? I'm like, this thing lived for four weeks in the house. It became so a rat. We caught it and we put it back in the cage and oh my it lived. Yeah. I remember our other one. It was Hammy. Hammy. And one of Holly's friends went to college. And got a hamster. And I said, you better not do that. You're not going to be allowed to have that at the dorm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it'll be all right. Well, one Christmas, here comes Hammy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mama Holly, you going to take care of this hamster? <laughs> well, he made coffee, too, all night. Wee, They're wee, nocturnal wee. animals. That's what they do. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Hammy was tricky, too. He could get in and out of his cage. Mm. And he did that tricky stuff. Mm. And I'm thinking we can bring it back to war now. Because the man... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm picturing like Godzilla as a rat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come and get me. Building a fort out of the fluff. You should have seen it. It was it was amazing. This nest was I was I couldn't believe that this rat had been doing this. And again, this wasn't a one night situation. Oh no. And had it continued, had those because had, the boys were only there every other weekend, so we would go in and make sure she had food during the day. But other than that, we didn't like hold her, or play with her, like anything. So had the boys not been there, she probably would have like I don't know if she was like trying to build a tower to the ceiling so she could chew through the attic and escape, or like I don't know what she was trying to do. But yeah, she ain't got to worry about it now. She's building her Gosh. castle. Yeah, yeah, she's building a castle. Now she's a snack. <laughs> was <laughs> was was <laughs> was. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so we might have had 30 minutes of war conversation yeah. in there. Sorry, Nick. An hour and a half of... Hour and a half of other tangential <laughs> laughing and... Oh. We have a good time. Hamsters getting washed. I don't know <laughs> if it ever survived. <laughs> it didn't survive. <laughs> the, the spin <laughs> cycle would have been enough. To like... As soon as that washer <laughs> filled up and he couldn't get through the clothes. <laughs> he's, he's in there yeah. hanging, hanging on and spinning around, and going, "Wee!" <laughs> it's like that pig from the Geico yeah, commercial. Yeah, oh my face. <laughs> yikes! <laughs> yeah, his yikes on him. <laughs> I just see the <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. Well, so there's that for the night, I guess. <laughs> What do you even what do you even title this this conversation? Rat's nest. <laughs> war and pets. War Is that and like war and dot, dot dot pets question mark. What? <laughs> yeah, that's the, the title of this episode is just what? <laughs> Oh, goodness they gracious. did what with the hamster? <laughs> did what happened to that hamster? Yeah, yeah. The cops are going to show up at your house. Somebody's getting charged with cruelty to animals. Like, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. Hey, where did you say we were? You told us we're in a new country oh, now. Oh, I, I, I was thinking of it when you were talking earlier. Um, 
no. I'm looking. It wasn't there? No, no. Singapore! Hey, I knew it started yeah, with this. We're in Singapore now. I was going to say Sambonia, but I'm like, that's not a place. <laughs> we're made that Sambonia. up. <laughs> yeah, but like, that's definitely not a place. Completely made that one up. <laughs> Singapore. <laughs> oh, 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 gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Sid, why don't you pray for us tonight? Like, pray for all of us because yeah. we really need it. <laughs> and them hamsters. And them hamsters. <laughs> okay dear heavenly father lord i just thank you for this time um that we've all encountered tonight whether we you know we're talking warfare spiritual warfare physical warfare pets hamsters rats lord i just pray that whoever this needed to touch lord that you know it did and whether that's now or 10 years from now even if it's just to gain a laugh you know it's uh coming up on the holidays and there have been some tough heartaches that have happened lord um i just pray that you just touch whoever and i pray for travel mercies in your name amen amen Amen.